What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Star Wars Reviewed. We're talking Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, right? Unanimously. It's going to be great. Can't wait to get to the rankings on that one. We've got a lot to get to today. Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you right now, I love this movie. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm Josiah Leroy with me. Baba Yaga. Howdy. John Fick. I like this movie. I like this movie. Can't wait to talk about it. I was waiting for you to bait me there, to, me to be like, oh, you like it. And you to just be like, yeah, I like it as much as some stupid thing. No, 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 I do. You said you love okay. it. I say I like it. Uh, that's that's right. where I'm at. I know. That's good. That's good. All right. And this guy, Tim Talbot, he's he's rearing to go today. I'm Tim, ready. how are you doing? I, honestly, what happened was you kicked me off the show. You have to have a baby for some weird reason. So <laughs> hey. also we don't record for three weeks. And now we're back. And I have all this energy I need to burn out. But <laughs> is it possible to use my Jedi mind trick right this second? I propose that we change the name of this movie to Anakin's Bad Day. That's not that's how not that the movie is. That's not how the Jedi that mind trick be, works. Should, it should honestly be episode two, Anakin's Bad Day. One right? bad but, day. You know what it shouldn't be is Attack of the Clones, because that's really not even close to the plot of the movie. Yeah. Episode three is more bad fitting day. for Attack of the Clones, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. I like every other name that we came you up with that accidentally. Video, there was like a thing like <laughs> if you stones. actually named the Star Wars movies based on what oh, they were actually about. Yeah, I saw <laughs> yep. a, it's like a TikTok on that. It's probably just a re-uploaded yep. YouTube I think video. you might but... have sent it to me, maybe. Yeah, something like that. You can, uh, you can definitely make an argument for that. So, of course, we're talking Star Wars, whether you're listening in, in podcast form, you're joining us live at twitch.tv slash thegeekiverse, watching at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, or uh, just getting involved in the conversation with us. We're excited to talk about Attack of the Clones today, see where our opinions lie on it. Um, I've got, of course, some of my, my uh, physical media here. So I've got, uh, th- this is the last Star Wars to hit VHS way back in 2002. Uh, I've got it there for the... If, viewers at home unwrapped by the way so we got we got Django on one side there got Anakin with the dual lightsabers there gotta love that what's interesting about this to me is that it includes deleted scenes oh. whereas I feel like VHS VHS is yeah it's rare content. right yeah um, so kind of cool of course got the DVD version right there boom and then John I think you already know this but Tim would you venture a guess as to who is on the Steelbook Blu-ray one character. Uh, Jango Fett. Good guess. The only hero. Oh, Yoda. On all of the uh, the steelbooks from Best Buy. We got that. John, you've got mm, this, right? I think I you've do. got these lined up on your yep. entertainment. That is correct. Okay. They are blocking all of my cables. Perfect. What better that's way ca- to do that? That's, that's cable management 101 right there. That, yeah, just put Take something in front guys. of it. Which I have a lot of in the office. Cables don't exist. I'm going to need so many Blu-rays to cover them up in this office, man. They're real bad right now. <laughs> Jam, John, you got a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't take any, though. They're there for a reason. Why, why do you store them under your desk? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you can put all the Harry Potter Blu-rays that we have. Just ah, saying. perfect, perfect. Right. Uh, hold on. Joe, I have a question about your physical media. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have any of these, uh, any of, these on HD DVD? <laughs> oh no i Do you don't remember hd dvd when xbox made a push for that Did they sold like the separate player there were the red cases they were trying to compete yeah, with blu-ray for sure and i also remember the day where microsoft literally just pulled the plug and then you could buy them for a penny a piece i know i for some reason i could have just seen you being an hd dvd person just being like an xbox fan and i, don't, I just could have seen you going down <laughs> that route not not in this a bad is, way this is this is because i own a zune isn't it 
I mean, Zunes were I awesome. I loved my Zune. Zunes were great. What? I loved it. Oh, John, I knew, well, John, you showed me one time. Yeah. I feel, or you brought it up at least. Tim, you have one? I had a Zune. I don't have it anymore. I sold it for like 200 bucks at the height of the Zune. Wow. That's pretty good. That's for whatever the reason. near Little Caesars and sold it to him. Nice. I was that a broke college accurate. boy at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I I loved my Zoom. I don't know what it was. There was something about it. I know, you know, topic for a different time. But uh, I don't think any Star Wars came out on HD DVD. I'm gonna have to track these down because if they did, they've got to be in my collection. You know what? I'm gonna watch tonight, and I'm I, I'm just assuming it exists, and I'm, I know it does. I just want to see somebody out there on YouTube who owns the entire HD DVD collection. And I'm sure somebody's done it. And I'm sure there's one kind of crazy collector. Oh, yeah. So I'm just Googling that. I'm just going to set this like as a reminder to watch later tonight. How many do you think there are? I can't wait to report back to you after I watch this hypothetical video. Yeah, I'm curious too. (laughs) Over or under 1,000? So what's the exact difference between the two? It was was just a proprietary format. One's HD, one's not? No. So HD DVD and Blu-ray were both HD. But uh, the the discs were smaller for HD DVD, and they need, it needed a, pr- a proprietary player, so they wouldn't work in a DVD player. If they wouldn't work in a Blu-ray player, you had to have an HD DVD player, much like you have a like Blu-ray player. Disc size. PlayStation versus an Xbox. Exactly. One works in one, one, one works in the other. They could be the same exact game. Yeah. Or like so visual, they, the PlayStation comes out superior. So okay, let's move on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it silent for a minute there. <laughs> Nothing like a good old pregnant pause. <laughs> um. All right, so Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones comes out 2002. Any idea uh, what this did in the box office? Let's have a guess. Uh, I'm gonna go 400 million. Okay. I'm gonna Tim? go 550 million. 645. Dang it! So we had the 2002 release. We had an IMAX release right after that because they did not release simultaneously. Uh, and then we had uh, an anniversary edition. Just uh, I want to say for the they were doing like a 3D release for it. Uh, but anyway, not not a ton at the box office in terms of quantity. But dollar amount makes about the right amount of sense in terms of some of the other movies we've talked about so far. Um, one thing I did skip over. Why don't we just talk about real quick? Because I've got a lot of notes because I love this movie. Our 101 thoughts on this. Like what? What's your vibe after watching this movie? John, go first. Yeah, so it, I'm, I'm all, I would say that this is going to sort of answer another question that we are, we're going to get to too, but this is definitely the Star Wars movie that I've seen the least amount of times and that I rewatched the least. Um, every time I watch it, like, I guess I can't even say that because it, it's not that frequently, but I, I watched it just today, uh, my lunch break and after work, I, I you know put together a viewing and there's stuff that I didn't even remember about it. So like I've I've watched it that little you know that few times to be able to still be surprised by stuff. So like I really wasn't sure where my opinions were going to be on it. Um, I knew that I always thought it was just a little boring. I I, I backed that up um, mostly because of the third act. I think that the third act is just not as fun as I wanted it to be. Uh, the the stuff on um, not Camino where where we end on what planet do we end on? Geonosis. Yeah, Battle of Geonosis. Um, that just yeah, a lot of it was just it, just, it just didn't work well for me. Like the conveyor belt scene, like that was entirely too long, and I just somebody just kills C three PO. It's so easy. It's a stupid tin bucket. Just get him <laughs> out of my life. His head off. Oh my god, get Still him lived. out of my life. Um, 
but but everything before that I actually really enjoyed. I, I thought it was a really, really like good story. Yes, the acting is terrible. The chemistry is terrible between uh Hayden Christensen and um Natalie Portman. Like th- those those scenes are really, really awkward. Is it directing? Is it acting? I don't really care. Um, but I can still get a lot out of it. I understand where the story is going and I appreciate it. And I, I think that it's uh it's a relationship that makes sense and it works for the story, and like, you know, it's obviously it has a lot to do with Darth Vader's tragic uh, you know, path. So I'm fine with it. I enjoyed the the, the first two thirds of this movie quite a bit, and then the, I would say the, the the back end of it was just a little boring, and that's about it. So that's exactly where I was going with this, John. I was going to say, is it the acting or the direction here? Yeah, um, whatever. At know, the end of the day, it, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, it hits the, it hits the way it hits. It's very awkward. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, the reason I bring it up mostly is because people shit on Hayden Christensen so much, and I'm like, yeah, but like. Yeah, we've heard some horror stories about George Lucas's directing ability in the prequels. Here, it's just, and we see it evidence time and time again. Stuff didn't execute as well as it could have been for sure in a lot of cases. Yeah, so, the, the way he delivered those. Hated... Yeah, again, great. Let's let's see what he can do. You know, with, yes. with little little hands off, maybe a little more freedom with the role. But like he had, he kind of had to deliver the lines like that because of like to match up with where Vader's voice eventually becomes, you know, like it was a very, very like grandiose, like old English, like, you know, almost theater like performance we got from yeah. Vader yeah. in the other movie. So he kind of has to like root that somewhere. So he does speak very oddly, but um, no, no fault to him. I think Hayden Christian is awesome. So Tim, your, your thoughts on the movie. Very similar. Um, so I was kind of comparing this to episode one and I think I like the direction they wanted to go more than how it was done. I like the story of building a relationship between Padme and Anakin and like doing that. Like John said, at times it felt creepy. Like there's a spot where he was like in her face and she's like, you make me feel uncomfortable. And it really made, I really felt uncomfortable. I don't know if it was supposed to feel like that or if it was just, but it was like that a lot, even when it wasn't supposed to be, it was supposed to be romantic. I still felt uncomfortable. So there's a lot of that. Um, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. I actually enjoyed towards the end where you you finally see a little more of the uh, lightsaber battle from all the Jedi, which is kind of nice. You kind of see what that's like, and um, you see some Jedi die, and I feel like that's something you kind of talk about in the beginning in episode one, and the second time, the episode two, you start to see it, and after coming off the light of the Jedi, where they're you know killing off Jedi like it's nothing, because I just read the audiobook, kind of refreshing to hear to see that a little bit but i i i enjoyed it i i like it for what it is if you don't take it for more than it is you can really sit down and i think after not watching it in a while i really i really did like it i mean i don't didn't love it but just there's a lot of cgi i mean some of it was some it, it was nice because i feel like some of it was well done and other parts like the every single clone around yoda was cgi am i wrong oh yeah the there was time there was not one actual clone trooper build there was not one outfit made Crazy. It, they were yeah, 100 percent all every single one was and CGI. Like, for the time it was made it was well done but looking back on it now it's like it's so, a lot of there, stuff there's lot some scenes does not hold up in a lot of cases right like, even if it's really well done yeah oh, no doubt some you watch some old stuff that has cgi like how do they do that like it looked so bad and I mean, it definitely didn't look too bad, but it, I think it holds it back a little. I think if they would have taken out a little of the CGI and did a little bit more, you know, real, uh, real storm, real stuff going on there, it would have been a little better. But overall, the, I, I liked it. I just didn't love it. 
for sure. The the number one way to to prevent CGI from not holding up is is good direction. Is knowing when to use the CGI, things like yeah, lighting. Go back and watch something like Jurassic Park and and see the way those T Rexes look. And that's because they were so methodical about when they showed them and the, what kind of light they cast on them. Because they had to realize like, all right, what what's the technology going to look like? How do we render this? Like lighting and like camera positioning has so much to do with how CGI is going to look. So it just when you have a director like George Lucas who's just so excited to use this new technology, he's like, I'm just basically going to make you know this movie forty percent animated. We're going to get a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up. There were some scenes I where I love is Seymour Yoda. Yeah, that for sure. Cool. I love Seymour Yoda. And I think that CGI was totally fine. Um, but there there are some scenes in this that I'm like, man, the Clone Wars cartoon looks better than this. Like you could show me two like two stills from from the Clone Wars and from this movie. And like this one is animated better. The Clone Wars. Right. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to balance this too, right? Because like George is taking on. He's not only taking on that role, but he's he's doing multiple roles here. As he's he's the guy, so like he's a guy you want to write the story, hand it off, and kind of step back and step in only when he's like, "Hey, a Jedi wouldn't do this, right?" Like he's he's got the mastermind there, so you don't necessarily always want him in the director's chair for stuff like that. And we talked about it on Phantom Menace. He could not get people to do th- to touch this because you can't be the person to ruin Star Wars, especially after kind of the Holy Grail that was that first original trilogy and how well it was received. After all those years, you can't be the person to step in and, and ruin it. So I, I sympathize a little there. From my uh, standpoint, this may be the Star Wars movie I've seen the most on the flip side of, of what John said. When this came out, it hit at just the exact right time for, for me as a, a fan. I was uh, 11 years old when this came out. I was already a mega Star Wars fan. I could not wait for this to drop in theaters. And when it did, it did not disappoint me whatsoever. And I just, we talk about a lot of um, exciting moments in, in theaters when we go to MCU movies, like we just saw with the most recent Spider-Man movie and how exciting it was that everyone was there and applauding and crying and laughing at the same time. There was a lot of that for me when I saw episode two, uh, you know, way back in the day now. But this movie, there's so much going on and I feel like for the most part, it's well-balanced. There's a lot of intricate storylines that interweave in a nice way um, we can talk about execution all day long. I still lean on the, the side of I, I really love what happened in this movie for a lot of reasons. And I've also, by the way, on the flip side, seen um, commentaries. I've read them. I've watched videos on them where people just tear this apart. And I, in some cases, I can't argue. All I can say is, yeah, I see what George was going for here, or I see what I think was a, a good thing, but you don't think it's a good thing. And at the end of the day, it's it's great to have that, that kind of uh, debate, so to speak. But this I just I I've got a lot to say about it, and we'll get into my my notes here in in just a few moments here. But if you're watching live, thanks again to tune in on Twitch.tv/slash The Geekiverse. Do you guys remember your first viewing of this movie? I know John, you've probably got the same story going on. Just caught up on it a little bit uh, more recently in the last few years, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, the, if you haven't listened to any of our other shows, the first six movies is all basically the same story. Uh, once the Disney purchase happened, I'm like, okay, I've seen Star Wars you know, here and there in the past. I, I'm very familiar with it, but I want to sit down and watch all six movies and get ready for these new ones. Um, so I had spent like two weeks just crushing through them. So they're all all the same for me. Uh, Tim, do you remember? Similar story. I. Uh... I watched, obviously, like I said, I love the original three first, the free first one that came out in chronological order. And the first three episodes, I kind of just watched when I had time and it wasn't like I was really dedicated. I, I kind of like we talked about before, I kind of fell off the Star Wars wagon a little bit and I enjoyed them, but I didn't like love the movies at that point. And, you know, I uh, that's what kind of part of the reason why I wouldn't 
didn't want to watch any of the newer movies is because I really didn't dedicate the time I wanted to watch these, you know, and sit down and not be distracted at all. So that's kind of a similar story with the first one as well. So. In, uh, in just a moment, we're going to pull up the original trailer for this. So if you want to watch or listen along, feel free to do so. Um, but for me, the first viewing, I remember vividly. Uh, so I, w- I was prior all the way up till high school, basically. So th- right before ninth grade, I was homeschooled. And when this was coming out, I remember my parents going in and getting tickets when they went on sale, waiting in line, because that's what you did, right? We didn't have uh, the online sales, the phone apps, etc. And uh, I went. It must have been Friday. I don't. I don't think it was on a Thursday, but we went early in the day. My parents kind of like were like, "Hey, we're we're gonna take the day off. We're we're gonna go see Star Wars for me and my sister and in the the four of us. We went and saw it, and it was super exciting. So I remember even that night, like uh, talking to some family friends, and they're like, "You already saw Star Wars? When you had school?" And my mom kind of was like, "Yeah, but we didn't," <laughs> and it was great. Um, so I remember being in a packed theater, just full of people probably our age now and applauding at different moments. Just uh, the energy in there was so exciting. It was, uh, it would have been regal on transit or or whatever it was called way back in the day, but it was totally awesome to be there on opening night, actually opening day for attack of the clones. So those experiences really stick with you. Now what's funny is I think my dad actually recently just found his ticket stub to this. I I usually don't keep ticket stubs. Uh, I know a lot of people do, they, that's the thing. I don't like to keep them, especially in this day and age when you do everything on your phone. Uh, but he found his. I thought that was uh, super interesting. So it was pretty good cool. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, John, I'm going to pass it over to you if you want to lead the charge for the trailer. Yeah, you guys got it ready? I'm pulling it up as we speak. Hold on one second here. Sounds me. good. Yeah, this one, uh, I, I did find the one you asked for. I, I found the one you asked thanks. for. Thanks. This, this is from memory. I did not go and, and search this out because I always want to wait to have an organic reaction. Right. All right. Go ahead and play it now. This is this is when they realize that like okay we don't need to do too much we we know what we have yep. here we we just need to build the hype what do we do how do we make this hype let's just get Darth Vader breathing in the background let's just so let's just show a couple of scenes that people are gonna want to see the only other sound effects you're gonna hear are lightsabers like what what a hype trailer I can't imagine seeing this in theaters as like the first because that's when you saw that's how you saw trailers back in the day right you didn't go yeah. on to you didn't go to YouTube or you, or you didn't get bombarded by your friends when they drop on on Twitter. You had to see him in the in the theater for the first time. Man, that would have been so hype. You watched it once. You didn't get to watch it a few times either. Right, so. right. Unless you had your video camera, which was frowned upon. Right. 
Dude, I love that trailer so much. Thank you, John, for finding that for me. Uh, I it was so epic and it stuck with me. I don't remember what movie I would have been seen seeing leading up to that, but I saw that trailer and I swear I wanted to go to other movies just to see that trailer again. It's just like you you heard stories about people going to see movies because the Phantom Menace trailer was happening and, and just walking out, yeah, paying ten bucks or whatever, <laughs> six bucks maybe back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, how I think it's so smart. I just. I love it. It's short, so it's it's a minute and ten seconds, something like that. Yeah. And uh that breathing, man, that builds so much just impending doom and hype and stress all in one. Like bad things are on the way. And they gave us just all these glimpses of, of things that were to happen without right. really telling us anything. And I, Anakin, why is he holding the green lightsaber? That's that's like I had so many questions, and I love it. I thought that was a, a well done trailer. We don't get enough of that, even now in an age where we don't give away everything in the trailer, right? Like you said, they they realize you don't have to give away everything. Like that still did a better job than a lot of trailers do nowadays. Now this is technically classified as a teaser, so it was shorter than a, a full scale trailer. But man, I I love it. I love it so much. They did a good job with it. This, killer. this is a big reason I always have arguments, sorry JT, about how watching them in release order is so important. If you didn't oh, yeah. watch the movies in release order, we wouldn't appreciate that trailer mm-hmm. as much. No. I appreciate the prequel trailers, this movies more, because I know who Palpatine is going to be. I know what's happening. And I, like, you see the signs. And this is a perfect example in the, the trailer is you know who that is, and you're like, "This is awesome!" Like it just—it's that—it's that one that if it gives you goosebumps because it's it, like it's almost like awesome. they do it that way on purpose. Like they make the yeah. movies in the order that they intended to. Like you know, you would th- it's crazy to think that <laughs> what way, a, but it's what a very thought. possible. <laughs> what a thought! I, just a side story on a Marvel topic. My wife has agreed to watch the Marvel movies. Oh, so yeah, or now, big huh? step, big step. Watching <laughs> them again. Oh boy, you got like seventy five percent of the way there, and you're just going all the way back. Tim, where are you, by the way? In the uh, like up there. Oh man, what I, I just watched um, Civil War. You're about to okay. catch us, man. Four. So yeah, you're you're close know. to joining the show. Maybe I can make a guest appearance. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, we could probably do it next weekend. I think you'd catch up. You just yeah, got to cut into your uh, your uh, Elden Ring time. You know? I right. have a friend. My wife's friend loves Marvel too, and she she went to see Batman with us with uh, JT, and we were getting an argument. She's like, "Oh, I'll watch them if you watch them in uh, the order of like timeline." I'm like, oh, "No, no, there's that's no gross. way." And I'm like, "My one, my wife is going into the series. The first movie she's going to watch is not going to be would it be um, Captain, Captain Marvel. Mar- You're not going to watch Cap. She's not. No, gonna it, like it would be it, it, it would not. be Cap first Cap, right? Yeah, and I was telling. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. World War Two. What I was telling is it's the same way with Star Wars. They ease you into everything. You have to. You have to. You have to understand the story. You have to start out small and get bigger. That's like at the end of the spectrum. It's fine if you do that after. Do whatever you you want. Right. Have fun. No, you don't do you. You watch them in no i'm with i'm with you joe yeah you, you want to go back and mess around after the fact fine yeah have fun have fun if somebody yes. asks you that question and you tell them in chronological order or like event order you don't deserve to be a part of the fandom you're done you're done <laughs> yeah i'm i'm gonna are, cancel your disney plus account. is you. officially unofficially yes. cutting you off absolutely <laughs> yeah i it's to me it's even worse with the mcu yeah Believe it or not, like if you were to tell me, like if you're gonna go episode one, two, three in Star Wars, I'd be like, 
you're not going to have the same effect, but I would feel a stronger argument to do that than to start with like I mean, if, Cap if you, and then Captain Marvel and then I, I. But if you really hate yourself, you could just watch episode two a lot of times. <laughs> oh, Captain oh, Marvel! Sorry. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The second movie that would be terrible. Gosh. No. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Damn you, Tim. It's not that bad. We liked it. I will yeah, get true. by the end of this episode, Tim, to saying he loves Attack of the Clones. It's yeah, number one. Attack of the Clones. It's the number one sequel in the trilogy. Yeah, Golf Order. <laughs> Golf okay. Order. You bunch of crazies. All right, let's let's jump through my notes here. Uh, so I, I already mentioned this. This movie kind of feels like dread from the the get go, as we saw in the trailer. Uh, that explosion in the beginning make legitimately made me jump when the, oh, the ship yeah. gets bombed. I like, oh my gosh, I jumped out of my seat. Why does Poor, the, why does that lady say that she failed? Some of the dialogue just doesn't add up. She's like, I failed you. Why did you? How did you fail her? She's alive and you're dead. That's the plan. You did good. Yeah. Like, what are you so? Yeah, she was. She was a decoy. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. Nailed it. Good yeah. job. Thank you for your service. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what yeah. her bodyguard it basically says that. It's like she did her job and then they just leave her she corpse. Did, she did her duty. Now you Thank do you. yours. Just get up and you walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Next. Uh, um Captain Typho, so that's that's the guy there, right? Like yeah. that's her security guard. That's Captain Panaka's nephew in Star Wars lore. Captain Panaka is her security guard in Phantom Menace. Okay. And Panaka. Oh no, this is he makes a, a cameo in the the Princess Leia book that that came out a few years ago, which is kind of interesting. Um, these stupid little things, these stupid little callbacks that I appreciate every single time. Padme flies with R two as she's she's in that little speeder, right? That Naboo speeder or starfighter, uh, just like R two flies with Luke and Anakin. So you know they're keeping the family tradition alive. I love that stuff. Um. We got the first appearance of Bail Organa. Bail Organa has kind of become a, a, a prominent-ish Star Wars character. We got him in uh, in Rogue One. We've gotten him in a bunch of the animated series. Nice to see him there. Nice to see him back in Rogue One a few years back. Uh, Jimmy Smith is a nice actor and always uh, always liked his presence on screen. I remember in the lead-up to Attack of the Clones, I read an article, probably in a magazine like Entertainment Weekly, and it said, Jar Jar Binks, don't you worry, has less than four minutes of screen time. <laughs> oh, could I just say something quick about Balograna? You know what I think of when I see him? Dexter. That's all I can think of. Is that the same actor? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, uh, season three actor. Yep. Yep. I, 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 Is it I, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's him. That's the dude. I just recently watched it and I saw it. I was like, oh, I know him. Yep. He kills people. And, and, He's and this a really movie. good guy. Yeah. yeah. In this movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, the the first appearance, of course, of Tamora Morrison, who plays yeah. Jango Fett. That he plays yep. Boba Fett in the the Boba Fett series. He, he's uh, a voiceover in a lot of the Star Wars video games that came out in this prequel era timeline. Um, so, man, he's he's been a, in a lot. And I I recently read that as soon as Disney Plus basically became a thing, he went and begged and said, "We got to do a Boba Fett series. I want to be a part of it." I think yeah. that's kind of cool. Take it or leave it with what you think about the the series as a whole. But I like that Tamora came back. He's always had a, a good on screen. Really cool. As well. This was a very timely rewatch for for us. Just like coming off the book of Boba Fett and watching him reprise that role, not not reprise that role, but play Boba basically for the first time. Um, and then we're right around the corner from from Obi Wan, and we just got that first trailer today. Uh, teaser. Sorry. 
Um, just, just to me, this is where this is where Obi Wan becomes Obi Wan. Like we talked about it a little bit uh, last episode. Like, all right, he's still he's still a Padawan. He's still learning. He's not like the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi that I know and love. This is the movie where Obi Wan becomes the character that I that I fall in love with. Um, and and again, this is the first time first time we get more Morrison playing uh, any of the Fets. So super super cool. Good time for us to be watching this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, it's funny. Someone pointed out to me that Tamara always plays the dad, right? So he plays Boba Fett's dad originally. Uh, he's Moana's dad in Moana. Um, he's Aquaman's dad in that movie. It's kind of funny. I didn't uh, know either of those two. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. all those movies, and I could have only told you he's in Star Wars. <laughs> if you ever watch Aquaman again, you're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh!" And if you, if I promise you, I'm never gonna watch Aquaman again. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you see the sequel, so uh, yeah, Moana is on all the time, and I'm always like Django, or I guess Boba I never now. realized that. I have to pay attention, and I've watched a lot of Moana. That's Captain. You can't unhear it now. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> no, no, that's D. Bradley Baker. All right. So, uh, also, my notes are are full of useless fun facts that just I've picked up over my decades of Star Wars fandom. Uh, those little. Uh, creatures that go to to kill Padme, they're called Cohoons. You know the ones that creep into the room. Oh, yeah, uh, as R two is, yeah, they're they are scary. The sound that they're made is is from the the sound effects team uh, washing grapefruits. Oh, well, you made it worse somehow. I don't like yep. them. Yep, I don't like them. Well, hey, I'm just delivering the news. So Thank, sorry. Thanks, Anakin, for saving us. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he was really precise with that lightsaber. Like, crazy. I, I, feel I like think I about that every time. I think about that every time. How did he just get the... Like, it's just so smooth, man. Man, it's smooth with it. It was very smooth. Hey, Christensen, you and that busy stick, damn it. <laughs> um, so, what's, what's up with Obi-Wan and bars, right? Like, in, in A New Hope, we see him get into that little scuffle uh, as he cuts that guy's arm off. Uh, and here, too, he gets snuck up upon. Oh, can't Obi-Wan just go and have a drink? Like, come on, get off the guy's back. I, I did. Trick I it. did love that. I felt like it was. It was awesome how that happened. You're like, to have a drink. Get the drink. And then he goes to the bar, Maybe and then of course, such a dad move right there. Yeah. Like, to have a drink. I respect it as a father. That's that's the level I want to be at one day. Oh yeah. I'm like, getting a drink. Go for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I love all that. In in that sequence too, you can see some cameos. Um, so. There's two characters. They've got kind of like these blue suits on. Uh, one is Ahmed Best, who plays Jar Jar Binks. And one is Anthony Daniels, who plays 3PO. So you see them in, cool. in there. You know, love that stuff. Um, I Again, we talked about why you need to watch these in what we consider to be the right order. Release order. It's a great line when Obi-Wan says, why do I feel like you're going to be the death of me? Oh. Come on. That's great. You know? It's, yeah. It's just... I love it. If that's I love not it. foreshadowing. I don't know what is. <laughs> right, like that line doesn't really mean a lot. Otherwise, uh, you know, unless you watch it that way. I mean, it's pretty specific what it means. It means there's going to be the death of him. I mean, yeah, but more like than that, what, like, what is he just going to like cause him to die in like a speeder chase? No, it's it's way better because he literally yeah. kills him. That yeah, that's why it slices it's him, then he evaporates. And he, he literally goes on him. Chop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it, it doesn't mean much. Most realistic uh, deaths of all time. Oh, 100%. Just say what you will about the romance between Anakin and Padme, but John Williams' love theme is another hit among a line of just hit after hit in the, in the Star Wars saga. That is a, a beautiful score. That, that If there's any redemptive quality, that's it right there. So anytime you hear it throughout the, the movie or if you hear it in the end credits, 
It's in a lot of the video games again that came out in that prequel era. I always think that that's that's a nice uh, nice coordination. Uh, in the archives, the Jedi archives uh, and the Jedi Temple, Obi Wan is staring at a statue of Count Dooku. Um, he is one of the lost twenty. So at this time in Star Wars lore, only twenty people have ever left the Jedi Order to, to do other things, like become a Sith. Uh, you also see the kid in there that comes up to the librarian. That is George Lucas's son, Jet. Um, I love the Yoda line when he's training the younglings, and he says, "Lost a planet, Master Obi Wan has. How embarrassing! Oh, I How love embarrassing! It. I, I, yeah. I love that. Just that the playfulness that he has with the with the Padawans. It's really cool." Um, back back to the scene you just talked about with the library, the librarian. Uh, you, you're starting to see the the confidence of the Jedi, the overconfidence uh, when she comes over and says, "Like, hey, I'm telling you, if if it's not there, if it's not in our database, it doesn't exist." And she just walks away. Like the the Jedi can't be wrong, right? Like you're starting to see those hints that the Jedi are, are flawed. It's it's a it's a it's a theme yeah. that the, the the fallen order, not fallen order, but um, the High Republic is tackling very well. Is, uh, just like the Jedi are flawed and they're human, and they, they, once you you know you start to get so cocky you're gonna start making mistakes and there's a lot of hints like that in this movie i think that's a clear one yeah in this era of the jedi they think they're they're i don't want to say better than human but they they think they hold themselves to a higher standard for a number of reasons and in in some cases it becomes arrogance that overconfidence as you mentioned um so in throughout the prequels so we're talking episodes one two and three i think one thing they really got right are the the starship designs. They just look so cool. No matter yeah. which one we're talking about, really. The Jedi Starfighter is one that comes to mind for this that Obi-Wan has. Uh, they made video games about it. There's lore all about it. They look cool, right? They're they're kind of like prototypes and, and inspiration for ships we would see later on chronologically in Star Wars. So uh, another good job there. I think the cloning facility on Kamino actually looks really cool. I know there's uh, there's a lot of CG in this in this movie, no doubt about it. Some good, some not so good, but um, I kind of like the the dynamic we see there, the aesthetic on Kamino. Me too. It's it's like very sterile. Like it, you 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 get introduced to a Kaminoan and like yep, that adds up. These people would be like absolute freaks about you know making sure everything's white and perfect and it's yeah. uh and then just the you know the dichotomy with how crazy it is outside there the just, they're literally in the middle of an ocean just getting bombarded yeah. by waves friends of interstellar it's my favorite thing that one of my favorite things that the star wars series does is the contrasting colors i just mm-hmm. it's always a contrast you have the dark outside heavy rain and then the inside's like pure white pristine you know just even padme towards the end of the, the show she's in white almost the entire time that manages to never get dirty but <laughs> um Side point. But anyways, I love the contrast of the white. So I like that that's um something that caught your eye. It was. <laughs> She's like rolling through the dirt, gets up. All she, she has is a scratch mark. Pretty bad too. Yeah, <laughs> right? no. Yeah. Just the cut. No blood, yeah. No. This is not realistic. Padme's <laughs> outfit is perfect. Um, so Daniel Logan, who plays Boba Fett, uh the kid Boba Fett, um, random but he liked one of my instagram posts one time i don't even remember what it was but i just it was a star wars post and i was like daniel logan and i went and he got the verified check mark i was like guys we've made it <laughs> of course it means nothing but it was it was kind of cool you know i get chills every time i watch this movie and obi-wan kenobi sees the clone troopers in action for the first time when they uh, lama sue says aren't they magnificent and then you hear that john williams theme build up Oh, mama. That's a good one. You see the, the wind rustle through Ewan McGregor's awesome 
hair there. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Golden locks. Golden locks is right. Yeah, he's, he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. Good looking guy, man. It, it was the first thing Lauren said when uh, we watched that trailer today. She's like, "How awesome is it that they were able to do this?" As he is the exact right age for right. all of this to line up. Just what what I literally what, feel like he hasn't dated today. Yeah, he looks great and it's perfect. But what doesn't what doesn't add up is that in ten years he's supposed to look like Alec McGinnis. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, there's been some funny posts on that recently. They're like, "This is what Tatooine does to you." <laughs> Ten years. Uh, yep, for sure. This is like the exact middle ground. I think it was the best they could hope to oh, accomplish here, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about looks, I, this is what I wrote down. Dang, Django just looks so young. <laughs> like we've seen so much Tamara Morrison with Boba Fett and, oh, I and know. other things that he's been in, and. He just looks like a baby as Django Fett now. For sure. It's crazy. Uh, we, we talked about... I don't know how far we want to go down this rabbit hole. But uh, all I, I put here was Hayden gets so much crap. Hayden Christensen gets so much crap. Like, should, should we talk about that just for a minute? Whether it was lack of direction or how he perceived the character to be. What, what do we think of his performance? In this movie specifically, we'll we'll save the time for Revenge of the Sith for that episode. Right, I think he sells what he's supposed to sell. I mean, like he he is this angsty teen who's very very much so struggling, struggling to let go of that attachment of his mother, struggling to let go of this attachment of of Padme. Um, he obviously feels some sort of resentment towards Obi Wan for you know not letting him just be the crazy Jedi that he wants to be. It's the it's the direction and the the line delivery is fine. It's the direction and the writing where it's like. Why did he just have this outburst about Obi Wan and the, when they're just having this like almost peaceful conversation? Where did that come from? Like that's the stuff that makes the character just interesting. Like what was the thought process behind that? To me, I think he nails it. I love him as Anakin. I'm I'm totally on board the whole way with like all right, this this kid is struggling and I can see how he's going to end up. I can see why that trailer that they just showed us was Darth Vader breathing because I, you know based on this performance that's where he's headed. Um, it's it's the direction and it's the writing that's that, that is that head scratcher for me i'd i'd kind of hop on board that same same uh topic there i just think uh, when i think of anakin skywalker i don't i can't think of it not being him i just think he fits the part he looks the part it works i really think a lot of it's the way he was maybe directed to do a lot of the stuff because a lot of that you don't he's doing what he's told to be to do you know a lot of those awkward moments a lot of the things that he says like the random outburst, he didn't. He didn't choose to have the random outburst. He was probably right. told to have the random outburst. You know what I mean? But I think he does what he's supposed to do. He definitely conveys the message of, "Hey, he's struggling with a lot of his decisions. He doesn't know what's right, what's wrong, and he wants to follow his emotions." But the other thing I think that this movie does a very good job of is kind of what John said earlier. You have a lot of the arrogance in the Jedi, and with him, it's just kind of like exponential. And I feel like that's part of it is kind of what's happening and the other piece too is you really can see that he's not respected at all no one really values his, his opinion the entire time he's looked down upon he's told he shouldn't do things he wants to help his mom because he's having these visions no one cares like and then he finally follows it and then the mentality is like hey if someone would just listen to me you know within the last month when he's having these dreams he could have saved his mom you know what well, i mean he- a lot of that is huge so I think a lot of what you guys are saying there is is spot on. It, the weight of expectation is so underrated for this character. Like, he's 19 years old. He's the chosen one. Are you kidding me? You are living 
with this expectation that you are the savior of the Jedi, like that is so crazy. It's it's like when the Sabres draft Jack Eichel, right? Like it's like you're you're the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. Oh, it didn't go well. Why? Because we didn't support you. We didn't figure out how to put a winning team around you. See ya. Same thing happened here. It's like they they don't care about it. it the I mean, they do when they don't. It's it's this rule. Attachment is forbidden. All this this stuff that leads to where he goes. And I think Hayden Christensen actually did a good job about it. I know people hate the way he whined on screen, but he is a kid. Man, he is 19 years old in this in this role, basically. And he's got the expectation. He's got the thing with his mom going on in the back of his head. He knows something is wrong. He knows he's about to lose her. And he knows he's powerful enough that he could probably save her if he's there on time. All of that in the middle of struggling with these headbutt moments with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Tim, you said no one's respecting him, probably because there's some jealousy going on. He's the chosen one. He's the guy. Oh, and then you throw Padme in the middle of it. This girl that he's had his crush on his entire life now. And that's a really hard thing to deal with. Being a teenager is crazy, let alone being the guy, the one that's supposed to save the Jedi, bring balance to the Force. I think Hayden did a nice job with it. Take it or leave it for some people. For me, it makes sense. His transition to episode three works. And then his inevitable fall at the end of episode three to Darth Vader also makes sense. So I think it's a good job. But hey, that's just me. Uh, I think what I would like to see is with Kenobi, the, the series coming up here in May. With Hayden Christensen coming back to be Darth Vader, I hope we get the the fan response that we had to Andrew Garfield that we just saw in Spider-Man. Because yep. those, those amazing Spider-Man movies were not super well received, depending on who you ask. But overall, they really weren't. And a big part of that was, yeah, we don't really care for Andrew. But after seeing him and his performance, it was very redemptive. And he had the right direction. He had the right writing team. He had the right people supporting him. Kevin Feige, down the list, you name it. And he nailed that role. And he was one of my favorite parts of No Way Home. And I think, optimistically, we're going to get the same thing with Hayden Christensen here. I hope it's a big, big moment for him. And I hope that people kind of go back and, and review episode two and three with, uh, with new glasses, so to speak. I think it could be big. For sure. I hope we get a lot of flashbacks of like Obi-Wan and and uh and Anakin like Clone War stuff. That'd be awesome. Oh gosh, dude, that would be so cool. Yeah, I think that there's there's so much they could do with this series. By the way, quick plug. Uh the Obi-Wan Kenobi teaser came out today. We did record uh, uh an episode with just a reaction to that. So you can check that out shortly at youtube.com slash the Gigaverse. We're also going to upload it to podcast services around the globe, wherever you listen to them. Um, uh, on the topic of Camino, I thought this is funny. I remember watching a commentary behind the scenes one time. The production team uh, talked about how Obi-Wan was tasked with capturing Django and bringing him back to Coruscant, if you remember. Uh, they were very happy that none of that ever happened because how were they going to figure that out? Because Obi-Wan Kenobi had that basically single-man starfighter. And th- I think that's a funny <laughs> thought that they didn't they didn't want to have yeah. to answer that. What was the plan there? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> They're like, we, we didn't know what to do. And drag him through space. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, what was he gonna tow the, the slave one? No, it wasn't it wasn't gonna happen. So they're happy they didn't have to answer that question. I love that. Kenobi versus Django. I think that's a really epic fight there because it shows Kenobi in action. It shows the dynamic of him not having a lightsaber for half that battle. And it, it shows that Django Fett is not to be messed with. I always appreciated that battle. We talked about it in the Empire Strikes Back edition of this show, Star Wars Reviewed. 
and the store actually i'm sorry a new hope uh the stormtrooper hits their head on the death star in this one we see jango fett walking up the the ramp to his ship the slave one and he he ducks as he hits his head on the ramp coming down that is george lucas basically being a, a revisionist there to say oh this is this is why that blooper actually happened i like that stuff funny little easter egg um runner up to that moment we had kenobi versus Django part two in space i freaking love this battle there's uh there's no music going on for most of it it's dead silent so you only hear what's going on between uh the ship uh the bomb that Django releases all of the dialogue it's very intense and it's amazing because a lot of times music sets the tone in a lot of movies especially star wars yeah but here they opted not to go with it. Those those like sonic bombs that he uses to destroy the asteroids are like that 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 was perfect yes. audio design. Like you're just in the vacuum of space, and then all of a sudden you're like this is really really high pitched bomb sound. It was, it was awesome. When he, when that was brought back, this is not spoilery. When it was brought back in the book of Boba Fett, holy crap! I was like, oh, I can't believe they they used a sonic charge there. It was so cool. It was it was that that was so well done. I think I think that was one of my. My favorite parts of the movie when they was dropping those is like pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, we talked about the the stormtrooper hitting their head. Uh, another callback is Kenobi hiding on the asteroid because Jango and Boba that. think that they got him right, but uh, it's that Obi Wan was hiding there, just like the Millennium Falcon does a few mm. years later. Uh, and then in in Empire Strikes Back, Boba finds him floating in the trash. Presumably, George Lucas's logic is because Boba learned his lesson here. Kind of like that, you know. Boba and Jango are, are smart guys, and and that's that's one thing they they do in their hunt. Um, C three PO. No, John hates this character. Three PO is always yelling, "Thank the Maker." What's funny is I never noticed this when he sees Anakin when Anakin and Padme arrive on Tatooine. He says, "The, the Maker." maker. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. That's that's good. Agreed. Uh, the uh, Anakin talking to Padme after they are in the hut with the Lars family. And Anakin tells her he's basically got to go find his mom. I like this scene in Star Wars. We, this is a different scene for Star Wars. We only see the shadows of those two. And Anakin is meant to look like Darth Vader there a little bit. You see the outline of him when he's got his little uh, Padawan braid behind him. Uh, that was the intent there was that the shape was starting to take shape of Darth Vader's helmet a little bit like we saw in the posters for Phantom Menace when Jake Lloyd is he's got the shadow casted on the hut behind him. This is a, a touch of that and I appreciate that attention to detail. Guys, right after that, Anakin gets on the speeder bike. What song plays Duel of the Fates? Dude, oh. that, that sequence is so cool. And we talk about some, we talk about bad CGI in this movie. Got to give it credit, even if it, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's all CGI. That shot of him just going through the desert with the twin sons, and it's like they're both setting one of the one of the coolest shots in the prequels. It looked awesome. Agreed. That look on his face, dude. I, if you hate Hayden Christensen's performance here, you're gonna hate that look. But that steadfast look of just he's pissed off, he's determined. I freaking love it. Shmi Skywalker death scene, in all honesty, that rocked me as a kid. I don't know what it was, but that really like was intense for me. And um, I think that's how it was meant to be portrayed. Oh. We lose Joe. We're at 47, 47 minutes. Usually it's... Oh, I'm still here for you. Can you oh, he's me? back. Oh, he's we back. got him. Sorry. Hey, he's a quick little... Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, that scene... Am I good, John? Yeah, you're good. You're good. 
Yeah, John, you're muted. I am. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Yeah, John, we can't hear you. So. Everyone mute. We'll, we'll... No, they, they heard me fine. It was one of the things where the my mute, muted one uh, program, but not okay. the other. So the kids heard me, but they, I didn't. you all didn't for some reason. Okay. So um, the, the Shmi death scene, I was saying, it really rocked me as a kid. She's just holding on hope that she's going to see Anakin one more time. And she's a mess, right? And she, she finally kind of bumbles these words together because she's just so physically weak. Um, and the novel, if you ever read that, this kind of expands on it. Uh, but it's, it, it's so intense for me. Like, this is the scene to me where it was like, Anakin's not coming back. This is really the beginning of the end for me. It's a slippery slope. He just, there's so much pain and, and, and anguish there. And I even love Yoda afterwards, just looking like he's about to cry. And Mace Windu asks him, what's wrong? And so he says, young Skywalker's in pain. And you know Yoda feels for him so bad there just there's so much going on and it was so intense i mean did did this hit home for you guys at all talk me through it a little bit i would say the 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 actual death scene itself not really more so the the, the scene after that i'm always one of yeah. those people i'm like oh man how convenient that it, she's been there for a month and then he gets there at the exact moment of her death that's that's the way my brain works sometimes I'm like why that's too it lines up too well um, but you know, remove from seconds. He's dead. Exactly. Um, uh, I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I certainly forgivable. It's not the end of the world. Um, but it didn't, it didn't hit that well for me. The, him, what he does to the, the, the Tuscan Raiders after that, that's where, that's where it really hits for me. It's like, okay, man, he is, he is destroyed and he is, uh, he is taking it out. I love that he came back and he kind of showed some rage and then he was kind of like, I killed the, I didn't just kill like the, the, some of them, I the killed men. the females and the yep. children, mm-hmm. and I treated them like they were animals, and I love that because it kind of gives an gives you a, an idea of like the path he's headed on. Like it's dark man, yeah, yeah. We got the Imperial March there quickly uh-huh. in the background. That that Darth Vader theme. Um, <clears throat> that's a very vulnerable moment. I love it because he's just kind of bumbling at first, and Padme's like, "What's going on?" Um, and it's funny because for me too, even watching that the first few times, I was like, "Whatever they." killed his mom i would do the same thing but i love that again he's holding himself to a higher standard she says he's human and he goes i'm better than that i'm a jedi it's just it's a very tough scene to get through and it's so important in his fall to the dark side yeah um we also hear qui-gon's voice through all of that liam neeson say anakin anakin that's that's a a beautiful callback and we we think we hope we're going to get a little bit of liam neeson in the upcoming kenobi series that would be a wonderful cameo um christopher lee let's talk about him plays uh, the role of count dooku in this movie what he he was a well-known long-time actor he's in his 80s i believe he was 82 when he, he recorded this and um he just has a commanding presence anytime he's on screen to me here. And I, he kind of set the tone for what Dooku would be in the Clone Wars, uh, the animated series, right? I, uh, I felt like he was, uh, he was a really good addition to this series because what were you going to do after Darth Maul, right? Like you, you needed a movie to kind of hold someone over. I thought he was a nice stopgap. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, this is funny. I never would have known this, but I had the subtitles on when I watched this movie for the purpose of us recording tonight. And when 3PO says that he's talking to R2-D2 and they land on Geonosis and they're about to venture into the droid factory. 
Uh, 3PO tells him that he's in charge. And R2 makes a noise, and I just never thought anything of it. But in the subtitles, it has... He blows a raspberry! Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that today, too. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. And I never saw that before, and I was like, that's so funny. Oh, my and, gosh, I love and I that. I noticed that today for the first time, too, and now I'm like, every time I hear R2 make that noise, I'm going to think of him us blowing raspberries. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have subtitles. On. Usually I watch it with subtitles, and I didn't today because I watch yeah. it on TV downstairs. That's funny. If, if you watch Star Wars with subtitles, whether you got kids, you have to have it on quiet for whatever reason. Pay attention when the droids speak. Like R2, BB-8, they're usually saying things. They don't always put something there, but they there's there's usually little hints that are kind of funny. Tongue-in-cheek, so to speak. Um, when Anakin uh, loses his lightsaber in the droid factory, the funny part to me is that the thing he's worried most about is not that he doesn't have a way to defend himself, but that Obi-Wan's going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's such a great thing. That's really It's got their relationship, their brotherhood there going perfectly. Or I guess at this time, they kind of look more father and son. Um, I've got a bad feeling about this. I've got to go back and see how many times they've set it up to this point because I want to keep a counter. But Anakin is the one who says, I've got a bad feeling about this in this movie. When Mace Windu arrives, we're talking about we're in the arena now and he kind of arrives. We've got the the brass music playing. He throws his lightsaber up to, to count, uh, count Dooku's neck. No, to Django's neck. And he says, this party's over. I was like, oh my gosh. Think back. This is back in the day when we only had green, red, and blue lightsabers. We just saw a purple lightsaber for one of the most badass Jedi, badass actors in our time. Sam Jackson's got a purple lightsaber. Freaking love that. Uh, awesome. Sam, he basically asked George Lucas if he could have something that like differentiated him. And that's what they agreed upon. And I, just, I love that so that much. That moment is on film. You can find that in a special feature where he asked for a purple one. It, it's kind of like a casual thing where he's like designing his lightsaber hilt. And, you know, he asks, he asks him what colors they could be. And George goes, you know, they're blue for blue and blue and uh, green for the good guys and red for the bad. And there's just like this pause. And Mace is there. And I said Mace would do. But Sam Jackson goes, can I have a purple one? <laughs> and you see George Lucas's face go like, well, no, but. Well, maybe maybe we can get you a purple one and it takes him a whole movie to you know make that decision but yeah the, the payoff is awesome i love the logic there so much yeah his hilt if you ever see it it's fancy it's sam jackson it's white it's got tinges of gold in it oh my gosh it's so it's so sam jackson so um that all happens from the, a movie perspective when he's there again if you read the novel what you think you're watching the movie why didn't Mace Windu kill Count Dooku right then and there. The logic is that Count Dooku was a Jedi for such a long time that Mace couldn't kill his friend there. He wanted to talk to him. He wanted to threaten his his bounty hunter, but he he didn't want to end his life. And I think that's really interesting. We don't get that in the movie. We don't get that sense. But these guys were close for a number of decades. Um, so that that's that adds some depth to this that you you don't always get in the in the movies. I feel like another piece of that too is with a lot of the Jedi. And I feel like I listen to it a lot when I listen to um, Light of the Jedi. Their goal isn't to kill everyone. They obviously would like to not kill someone if they don't have to. And I feel like that's part of it, too, is his mentality of, like you said, they're longtime friends. If they if he can talk and then square things away, like, why would he kill them? You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's how kind I kind of the, felt. The Jedi mantra is that it's self-defense, right? They're yeah. only going to kill it in the event that they have to preserve have life, to. typically. Unless you're Anakin um, Skywalker. Unless you're Anakin Skywalker, you just take them all, including the women and the children. Yeah. So, uh, how about all the Jedi appearing there after that happens in the arena? Like, 
This is again, go back. This is mind blowing because we've only ever had Luke, Vader, old Obi Wan. Then we get Phantom Menace, and we get Qui Gon and Obi Wan with Darth Maul. That's it. Now we've got like everyone and their brother holding a lightsaber. That was pretty freaking epic. I thought. Oh, for sure. That was like the saving grace of that final act for me. That that was really cool. That was certainly a big reveal. Uh, Django on the battlefield. He's going after Windu. Uh, why doesn't he take off when Windu's running at him? It's because he got trampled by that beast. His jetpack is sparking. You can kind of see that if you pay attention. Because the first thought is, why don't you just jet off? Well, his jetpack's not working. Unfortunate. Arm, head, done for. Out of here. Yeah. So, also seeing the Death Star plans, really cool. We kind of see those for the first time in the Geonosis War Room. I love that they're all conspiring to bring this together. And they also kind of make it feel like they're on the run from the Republic, which is interesting, right? It's they say a, if if they get these plans, we're doomed. Well, yeah, <laughs> but give it give it 20 years, right? That's right. one thing that that's one of those things that I forgot was in this movie. I I totally forgot that they they you know, they talk about the Death Star plans when they're down in that little little basement. He's like, "Well, get the plans." I'm like, "The plans? Oh yeah, remember that." Yeah. That is a really good Easter egg in this movie because that you would think, hey, episode three, it makes sense. And we do see that at the end of the movie. We see them starting to build the, the Death Star. But this is where it's like, oh my gosh, the end game for Star Wars is really coming here with, with Anakin turning into uh, Darth Vader. I don't care what people say. I freaking love this lightsaber battle. I love it. I know there's a lot that people are going to pick apart and I don't have a counter argument. I just love it. <laughs> so you got Anakin and Obi-Wan with their different bouts against uh, Count Dooku and then uh, you got Yoda which yeah. was so freaking epic and our theater lost their mind when all of this happened just there was applause I swear people were standing up it was <laughs> insane uh, but I I love all of it it's like a chess match yeah, I agree. I think it's sweet. I, I, like I love. Yeah, I love Dooku's lightsaber. The, like the when you the reveal that it's like it's slanted like that. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Yeah, I thought it was all cool. Yeah, the 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 I, I couldn't imagine. It looked like, like a the, cane. Yeah, really. Honestly, I think, I think that was probably intentional too. Um, mm-hmm. the, I can't imagine like the pop that would have that would happen nowadays if the, the first time you see Yoda wield a lightsaber and him doing like yeah he's he's flipping around and stuff like that. But it's not it's not as bad as some of the stuff that we see. You know in the next movie with with Darth Sidious and some stuff like yeah. that. It looked cool. It's graceful. Like, it looks like he knows what he's doing. It's a really well done thing by Christopher Lee's stunt double as Count Dooku. It's like, what? You're fighting nothing. <laughs> like, you're right, making that's... up that fight as it goes. It looks pretty good. It's so fast. I love the curved hilt because that kind of, it's like a, a finesse lightsaber. Yeah. It's like when we saw Kylo Ren's lightsaber for the first time. We're like, oh my gosh, that's a cross guard. What does that mean? That was a little bit of that. Or like Darth Maul having the double blade. Like that stuff really is exciting in Star Wars when you get the reveal for a new lightsaber. But holy crap, I love that fight so much. Um, also, it's the first time we see a lightning user other than Palpatine for what it's worth. Right. Uh, you know, he's the only one who's ever shot lightning out of his fingers. This is a true signal that Dooku, he's a Sith Lord. He's hes not messing around here. He is here to kill these guys. Also, classic Star Wars, right? Anakin loses the right arm. Yeah, what is Remember it with that? that? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So Luke loses his uh, his right hand in Cloud City. Anakin loses his. I'm really surprised no one lost their, their uh, limb in 
the sequel trilogy. Yeah, right. I remember True. we were talking about in the lead up to it the the iteration of the Geekiverse that existed then. I was like, I'm gonna make a prediction. Um, Finn is gonna lose his right hand. <laughs> just he's gonna. They, I uh, see him with the blue lightsaber, and <clears throat> I feel like he's gonna lose it. Just whatever that means. And uh, it didn't happen. What's funny though is apparently Disney had this rule that there was to be no dismemberment in st- uh, at that time in Star Wars. And I'm like, oh. I'm not saying I want to like see people lose their heads or limbs, but it was a Disney thing, which is funny to think all these years later, like how they've changed. But at right. that point, they were like, no, no, you're not cutting off any hands. Yeah, Interesting. The hands come back, just mechanical. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually they feel- just put real skin over them or whatever. And then you put yeah. the, basically just like it never happened. A little, you got a little compartment. Yeah. Take a chill pill. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, last thought here: the the Imperial March. As we see Bail Organa, we see Palpatine, Masa Meda. They're looking out on the clone army for the first time departing, and we get that full blown, not that a subtle undertone, but the actual Imperial March. The song. It's there. This is the birth of the Empire, as George Lucas describes it. Man, that that's a moment right there to see Bail Organa so down and depressed, and Palpatine throw on his facade that oh this sucks, but you know really that's what he wanted all along. Just really good acting again by Ian McDermott. He he's an underrated gem throughout these movies. So that's it, guys. That's my notes. I had extensive notes on Attack of the Clones, as I've said all along. I freaking love this movie. Um, lots of lots of good stuff from my point of view. Did I miss anything that that you guys wanted to bring up at all? That's it, man. Oh, oh there was some... one little little tidbit that uh, I thought it was interesting. So in the beginning, when they're chasing the uh, the assassin that the bounty hunter hired, why didn't they just use that force run they use in episode one? If only, if only that ever came back, the force run. Can't use it in the air, bro. They were yeah. <laughs> they were so fast, and I was like, yeah. just think how easy it'd be. She's running away, and chasing. Four stash. Boom. Oh, speaking of that scene, uh, kind of, I, I wonder if the pairing of uh, Boba Fett and uh, Fennec Shand is that, like, any kind of like a, a callback to that. That that I, I got those vibes when watching this movie. I don't know who, who you know who that bounty hunter's name is who dies. Yes, Zam Wassell. Zam Wassell. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Zam Wassell and Jango Fett, that, that vibe is very similar to Boba and, and Fennec Shand. I don't know. Just her, even just her, outfit, just her outfit. Like I think her and Fennec kind of dress the same way, too. So I'm sure there's some yeah. kind of uh, callback there. It rhymes, right? That's what George Lucas would say. We've got It's like poetry. Oh, good stuff, man. I never yep. picked up on that. Bam. Fennec Shand, hey. by the way. <laughs> One of my favorite Star Wars characters in recent times. I don't know what it is about her. Yeah, she's, but she's awesome. not flashy. She's just super cool. I don't know. Uh, she's one of the best parts of Book of Boba Fett for sure. Um, favorite non-titled character. So favorite character not named Star oh, Wars. We have to do. Oh, I was gonna go with Star Wars. Um, dang Can't it, do man. it, man. Dang it! No, nope. I, I have to do it. I have to go with uh, with Obi Wan. I mean, it's, this is this is Obi Wan is my favorite character in Star Wars, and this is the movie that solidifies like this is the birth of the Obi Wan that I love. Said it before, we get hints of it in Phantom Menace. It, he, he's not that character yet. Now he is that. He is the father slash brother to Anakin. He's cocky. He's respectful. He's smooth. He's so freaking good looking. Dude is just absolute absolutely handsome. I, I love it. I think it's really, I think it's the best part of this movie by far. His performance and uh, just building what that character is Dashing. like. Dashing, dude. He's just gorgeous. He's, I just love it. So, so, so can you guys now see, like, Tim, maybe you could get behind this. John, when you were uh, 
dressing as Obi-Wan on Halloween? Were you just like looking in the mirror being like... I was just projecting, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, he, he's my favorite Star Wars character for sure. By the way. But I, uh, I, that's so funny. Dude, so let me ask you this, John. With Obi-Wan Kenobi in A, a New Hope and some of the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Luke as we get towards uh, Return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan talks about failing as a teacher and saying that he thought he could teach Anakin better than Yoda did. I know a lot of those things don't necessarily specifically line up, but Star Wars is always vague enough to make it work. Do you feel like Ewan McGregor portrays some of that in this movie where he says he failed? Like, could he do? Could he have possibly done anything different to guide Anakin on a better path? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to tell us. Is that I mean, Anakin just has all this rage built up in him, and we we they show it. They show that to us very, very clearly, right? He slaughters a village of not just the not just the men, but the women and the children too, right? So I, I don't know, but I think we definitely see that failure shine through in just some of the comments that Anakin makes, and Obi Wan's just like. Bro, bro, we're Jedi. Like, chill. You can't say that. <laughs> like stuff. You know, just reactions like that. Um, but a I lot think of we, the beginning, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. When they're when they're when they're together, and he's just speaking out of turn, and he's just a little disappointed. But we get a lot more of that in the next movie for sure. They got to set that tone fast, right? But if you thought that the Tuscan Raider thing was bad, just you wait until Revenge of the Sith, my friends. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Gosh. Watching those uh, younglings so happy, to, you know, hanging out with Yoda and trying to guess what happened to the plant. Oh, boy. Only they know. I have goosebumps right now. Oh, I have so much to talk about on the next episode of the show when we get to that scene. Uh, I love also, too, and, and the topic of Ewan. In this movie, they very much have the father-son dynamic but it changes to brotherly in the next episode. It's almost like they graduate, right? Like they're not super far apart in age, but just enough where Anakin, he's 22 in episode three. So it's, it's just enough where it's different. I think kudos to those guys for making that work. Watch it. Tim favorite, uh, favorite character, not named Obi-Wan or star Wars. Uh, Yoda. Oh, that's a good, a very good one. That's where I was going. I, I had to see it before you did. You see a lot more of him, and I just I love that you see how caring he is, and like you know you see him with the younglings, and he you know very kind, and he's the way he teaches them, and he makes a joke about losing the planet, and um, and then kind of later on you finally see him fight for the first time, and see how good he is with the force, and then kind of see how good he is with a lightsaber, you know, hopping off the I mean again a little bit of CGI there, but hopping off the walls everywhere and just kind of seeing how someone smaller would fight with a lightsaber was kind of awesome to see all the flips and the spins and was really awesome to see. And I just I liked the way they introduced him kind of just he was Yoda. He's what you would expect Yoda to be like. That's so. a great point and that's I would love to just piggyback on that cuz like I said this earlier in our in our other episodes of the original trilogy. When you say Yoda, I don't think of the old decrepit puppet making inappropriate weird jokes. Like you know, I, this is what I think of when I think of Yoda. You say Yoda, I think of this compassionate, you know, wise but you know still able bodied. Th- th- this is the Yoda I think of. It seems like it's kind of the same way I just described uh, uh, Obi Wan. This movie kind of solidifies those two characters in a way that I'll, I'll always see them. So good stuff. After watching it, we had asked you had asked me that question. Joe did. Which one did we like better? I'm starting to lean more towards the prequel Yoda. Now that I've like, you know, sat down and digested it, it's just to me, you see what he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why it's so awesome because like he still has this badass. You would not expect. He like drops his cane 
then he's jumping off walls with his lightsaber. It's yeah. just awesome. And even just like in conversation, they reference like, oh, you'll, maybe one day you'll be as good of a swordsman as Master Yoda or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Just like you start hearing about that, you know, don't, don't mess with Yoda, man. Don't mess with him. Yeah. And Tim, even to take it a step further, it's not his prime. He, he right, is true. technically an old man at this point, right? Like by his species uh, timeline. So in the, the High Republic, that's a little bit more his, his uh, timeline in terms of being in his prime. Really but hope we get some, is, some prime, prime Yoda. Oh my gosh, right. Like if he tore up Count Dooku like this, I can't imagine what he looked like 200 years prior. Right. Um, I love that when he, uh, you know, all of that goes down and he's just crazy off the wall, battles Count Dooku, and then looks around, picks up his cane with the force and then starts limping again. Like yeah. <laughs> like an old man. It's, it's so good. That little bit of comedy there. Uh, yeah, Tim... Yoda is my favorite Star Wars character across the saga. Like always for me, it's been Yoda and Darth Maul. Those guys just for whatever reason, they, they're kind of on the same wavelength for me. Um, this movie validated that. I was like, Oh my gosh, I felt justified in this guy being my favorite character. He just was so good. So well done. That CGI could have been terrible. We saw some bad CGI. I remember some of the behind the scenes, George Lucas, they they emphasize this. He would go back and have them redo things. And he's like, guys, we gotta get this right. So he acknowledged it. He's like, we gotta get this scene right. Otherwise, it's it's gonna be a stunt double fighting Kermit the Frog, and it's not gonna look good. And he said that, and I love that so much. You know, good on him to know that that's where they had to kind of spend their, their time and money in this movie when it came to CGI. You know what, uh, really quick here too, you know what that fight reminded me of is, again, I just kind of got off that Light of the Jedi uh, book, is when they're, what's the world called, where they have to go save the the family that gets captured, and there's the cook. Is it yes, Hats- I know Hats- what his name. Is it Hetzel? Yes, that's all. Pro- yes. um, and he's yeah. cooking, and then all of a sudden, like, he turns it on, where he becomes like, yep. becomes a Jedi again, yep. he's like, Everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Oh, like, what's his name? Yeah, I forget. He's yeah, for he, real. Yeah, I can't he, think of his name, but that's what it reminds me of. He's that's, prominent in the next two books too. That's what Yoda reminds me of. Is like, you know, he turns it on when it needs to. Then he kind of goes back to like the teacher, but when he's got to turn it on, he turns it on. So he speaks softly and carry a big stick, right? Like that's yep. kind of how it goes. Um, yeah, good point, Tim. Way to call that back to the High Republic. Uh, I'm I'm so bad with character and planet names in the High Republic right now. I I'll, I'll get better at it as time goes on, but uh, I know I just, exactly like who who you were describing. I need you guys to just like listen to the end of the High Republic book. Um, to listen uh, to Martian Rowe and like his speech at the end where he's talking to like all the Nihil, like his speech. The way they do that in the audiobook, I had goosebumps. Ooh. It was amazing. Well, damn, it was so it. good. It was literally amazing. Yeah, now I'm the book was that. so well done. It was awesome. so good. Uh, Porter yeah, Ang- good. Porter Angle is the is the character. Porter Angle, yeah. Porter Angle. And his uh, his soup that he would make, right? That's what he used to make for everyone. Yep, I think yep. stew. Maybe maybe it was a stew. No, it was stew. It was a stew. It was a stew. Yeah. same thing. I would have never Almost. come up with the name there. Um, for me, so I, I would have picked Yoda. I'm going to pick Anakin. Like, there's, there's so much at stake for him in this movie. And again, take it or leave it. For me, I like Hayden Christensen's performance. Uh, he He's really a lot of what this plot centers around, whether it's his relationship with Obi-Wan, his issues with Padme and the love story that's going on there. He's really fighting to not be where he wants to be. He's fighting the emotions uh, that come along with 
abandoning his mother to slavery, right? On Tatooine, he gets free. She has to stay back. There's a lot of bad stuff going on there. And I love how we see him in action and how awesome he is as, as the chosen one. Like he is someone you don't want to mess with and he's only going to get better as we see towards revenge of the Sith. So I think uh, for me, I'm going to go with Anakin Skywalker in terms of my favorite character of the film. And he does have a little bit of a, a delay on learning because he started so much older than a lot of other ones did too. So he has a little bit of a, a little gap in when he started training too. So we're, that that adds to it, right? That adds to the pressure. Good point, Tim. Uh, what is that moment for you guys in this movie? Whether it's a quote, it was uh, maybe something that you didn't notice, or maybe it was something in your face. It, w- it was just a, a huge action moment. Is there one scene, one particular moment that really stood out in this movie for you that you ended up really liking? Whoever yeah. wants to go first. I'll go first. Mine is uh, in, this, in that, uh, the fight scene between Dooku and uh, Anakin. I loved that he cut the cord to turn the power off. I love okay. lightsaber fights in the dark. I think it kind of was weird how they did it, but <laughs> I just, I love it. I love seeing the flash of it and the lightsaber. Very weird that they did that because I feel like there's no need for it to happen. I'll but tell you it what, led to him it. getting two lightsabers. So I, I did Lee. like that. It was 82. So they wanted to get True. some close-ups of him. Uh, I did like that. I thought it was... For what they did, I enjoyed. I, when I first watched, I didn't really care for it. You know what I think did it for me is all those TikToks where they turn off the dark and you you see the the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so, I just liked that they did it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Tim, God bless you for defending that point because a lot of people don't like that. I like that it. up close. Uh, like I guess that I think cool. they did it weird. How it's like literally just like zoomed in shots of lightsabers hitting each other it was weird. I like the idea of them making it, the lights go out so the lightsabers be more ex- accentuated, but I don't love how they specifically did it. I So I I do like how Anakin does that, and he kind of says, you know, bring it on, old man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But a part of the thought process there was that in the up close, you're going back and forth, and Anakin looks a little bit afraid there. So there's fear that's creeping in. The second point to that is that sometimes you see blue, from the shadow on Anakin's face, sometimes you see red. So this is supposed to portray that more and more he's getting a little bit more taken by the, or at least tempted by the dark side or things of that nature. So as some people kind of look at it as a silly scene, but there was more thought that went into it, at least from a writing standpoint. But I'm happy you picked it. Thought I, you were gonna like take it. I just like the the contrast of colors in the dark. Thought you were going to take my, my moment again. Uh, John, uh, what, what's your moment of the movie? Oh yeah, I like when Anakin kills all those people. When he just murders them all. That was sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Episode no, two, episode three. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that no, but that really is my favorite. That, that's my moment for sure. That when Anakin just breaks like that after watching his after yeah, watching Shmi die and, and just the, the, the emotion when he walks out there. And I love that wipe too. I I love the way that's shot. He he walks out, he just takes the two out, and all of a sudden it's this yeah. like circular wipe shot that just, you know, just left to your imagination after that. Um, yeah, that, that's the emotional anchor of this movie for me, for sure. You don't sure. want to and, see him kill the kids on screen? Oh, I did. I definitely did. But, you know, you got you know, yeah. you, you to take what you can get. Yeah. We didn't see it in episode two. We didn't see it in Book of Boba Fett. Cowards. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Let's show it. Let's show him punting some Tuscan kids. <laughs> Off the <Okay>. mountain. <laughs> Kick him up, slash him with a lightsaber. I you just know? see him forcing one like a football, <laughs> just way off in the distance. 
know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was what I was thinking about during this movie in relation to Book of Boba Fett is that they that they went and they they humanized the Tusken Raiders uh, in, in Boba just because of the way that they have always just treated them like they're Avengers and they really doubled down on that in, in this movie where uh, where what was it um, Owen I think he said or maybe it was the the father says they're they're nothing but you know they're just they're not human or they're just savages or whatever whatever he says so they they're really nailing that down yeah got it yeah I. I'm so torn on that with Book of Boba Fett. I'm like, do we need to care about these characters so much? Like, as I, as a species, I, the more I, don't I think, know. the more I think about it, it, it's it serves it serves Boba's arc more than it does, you know, the redemption of those those characters. At least I think that's kind of the point of it. I don't really think that's there for us to really care about the, the Tusken Raiders that much. Sure, that's probably part of it, but I think it's more about Boba's arc and it's you know what brought him back and his his first splash of family and stuff like that but that's for another if show it does if it does though let's say it brings sympathy to the tuscans as a, a tribe or a species that actually would add more weight to anakin doing what he did right because we're we're seeing them more humanized so for what it's worth kind of a retrospective but um for me my moment is going to be when yoda shows up has the the duel actually prior to the duel with count Dooku, and all the Force stuff, uh, Yoda's kind of just tossing aside every bit that Dooku throws at him. And then the Force lightning. Yoda's basically like, yeah, I don't think so. And he not only shoots it back at him, which is freaking awesome. Return to sender right there. Yep. Yes. At the end, he lets it just shrivel up in his just hand. Dissipates and I thought it, it was just yep. so epic. Agreed. And before Dooku says it's obvious that this contest can't be decided basically by our will of the force or whatever he says there. Yoda does this with his claws. And I was like, Oh That's, yeah, no. So badass. Opens up the robe, pulls out the lightsaber. That's it for me. I could watch that over and over and over. Oh, he doesn't you know, pull the out the lightsaber. Is, he just lets that thing float to him. It's so sweet. It's so badass. Yeah. So smooth. That's what yeah, I'm like, saying. Opens up his coat. It comes out. Yeah. So smooth. It's, that was actually my, my favorite part of the entire movie, but I felt like I would, would feel wrong if I was referencing that with my favorite character, so I feel like I had to pick something else close to that time. So, so it's actually mine. I just gave it to you. Well, you owed me one. So you're welcome. We're even now. Obi one. What'd you say? What? Obi two. <laughs> All right. I think that's that's about Kenobi. everything that we we wanted to get to for our discussion on Attack of the Clones. Now, ladies and gentlemen. The most pivotal, important moment of the episode. We've got to rank officially where Attack of the Clones will sit on our list of Star Wars movies to date. John, I'm going to pass it over to you. It's up. It's here. We got it. Rankings are up. So not, no no real surprises with the, with the rankings where they currently sit. We've got Empire at 1, A New Hope at 2, Return of the Jedi at 3, and Phantom Menace at 4. Joe, I'm just going to go right for it. Sell me. Why is this better than Phantom Menace? I I need I need you I need I need oh your argument. Gosh. I have to. You, we have, have to you open not with listening that. Listening to me for a while. Okay. Um. There's no trade dispute. Do you need anything else? <laughs> there's no Darth Maul. <laughs> so, um, Yoda with a lightsaber. Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber. Uh, I like the speeder chase. I thought that was great. We see, <clears throat> um, tons of Jedi in the, in the Battle of Geonosis. I like that there's a murder plot mystery going on while there's political stuff going on, which I typically hate in, in general, let alone movies. And also, by the way, 
we're worried about a lot of stuff going on with Anakin Skywalker here. Uh, we're worried about where he stands as the chosen one. Tim mentioned it. He's only 10 years into his training. Most Jedi would be 19 years under the training at this point. He's got the issue. And why the hell did the Jedi put him in this position, by the way, to go and be Padme's bodyguard, basically, when they knew that that was going to be a tough position. Really. Uh, while he was struggling. All right. Yeah. <laughs> also, while I mean, that dress, right? Like, why does she wear that dress around the fire pit? <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she was, she was interested. Anakin, yeah. we can't do this. Also, what do you think of this outfit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she went full slave Leia. Yeah. I had the biggest crush on, on Padme growing up. I got to tell you. Oh, my gosh. Pad? Anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is all happening. Uh, while Anakin is, is having these visions of his mom in, in the suffering she's going through. Plus, we've got the strained relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. By the way, Obi-Wan is also feeling the pressure here. Anakin's not the only one, right? Obi-Wan's got this really momentous thing. We saw Dave Filoni's speech on why it was important for Qui-Gon not to die in the episode uh, in episode one in that fight versus Darth Maul. Well, guess what? He did. So Obi-Wan now has to finish his Jedi training by himself, essentially, but he's also got to take on the role of Anakin Skywalker's training, the chosen one. Get out of town. That's a lot of pressure. He does it. They have all of that going on. We've got the crazy... We haven't even talked about Palpatine in this and the emergency powers. I like F you, Jar Jar. You created this thing. You let Palpatine have these powers so that now he's got a clear path to be an emperor in what's going to very shortly be a dictatorship and an empire, not a republic. Yeah, Jar Jar so gets only he only gets four four minutes of screen time, but he ruins the entire empire with it. Jesus. He makes it count, man. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what happens. Um, uh... we've got tons of lightsaber duels. I, I, I don't know. Do I need to talk more? Tim, where are you at with it? <laughs> this is funny. I'm listening to this whole conversation. Do you want me to tell you where I'm ranking it? Or yeah. if it's higher than uh, Phantom Menace? Yeah. So I've, I've gone a lot of back and forth on Attack of the Clone. Um, <laughs> Attack of the Stones. Stone Wars. And honestly, I've, as much as I hate a lot of stuff about Attack of the Clones, I would put it above the Phantom Menace for me. All right, there it I is. I really would. I I do love the Phantom Menace. I I think that no. Let me reword this. I just when I watched the Phantom Menace, there was parts that were cool, and like the nostalgia. But the story was just like it was there. Like it was the baseline. Like I liked seeing the kind of the origin story of like where does Anakin Skywalker come from and like what's going on. And the biggest thing to me with with Attack of the Clone is kind of. <laughs> Sometimes you can't tell. Come right? to the like, bit. Just trails off enough. You can't tell if he's saying clone or clones. I mean, it's so good. So sorry. Um, it's just the overall movie I like a lot more. I like the direction it's going. I like the idea of what Anakin Skywalker is becoming. I like seeing a lot more of the Jedi. I like seeing more of the lights. The the fact that Jedi are dying and kind of where everything's going a lot more than I liked in the, in the episode one. And that's got to be why I put it above it. It I was very close. I was back and forth a lot on it. But the more I talk about it, there's just so many more things I'd like to talk about in this movie than I would like to talk about in, you know, The Phantom Menace. The only thing that really stands out to me is the force running. It's not a good reason. And then uh, the ending, the, towards the end, 
the amazing fight scene at the end with Darth Maul and all that stuff, which is awesome. But I don't have a lot of the stuff in between. Is just kind of there. See, so. pick pick apart what you will if you don't like these movies, whether it's episode one or episode two. Even if you you let's say just for argument's sake, you don't like the prequel movies overall. I still find it crazy that you couldn't put Attack of the Clones over Phantom Menace. Like so much happens in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Over in Phantom Menace again. I can find a way to like any Star Wars movie. Let's be honest. With Phantom Menace, there's there's a lot that happens, but there's a lot that doesn't happen, and it's there can be boring moments and slow moments. But Attack of the Clones, really, for all intents and purposes, moves at a, a pretty quick pace. You know, there's some slow moments in the the first act, maybe the second act, but after that, it just goes. You see a lot more of the main characters through the entire series in this episode. You There's see a lot of, a lot of Yoda. Too. You see yes. a lot of, you know, Anakin. You see a lot Mace of Padme. Even. Yeah, it's just there's a lot more. There's a lot more of the content. Once you, get, the biggest thing I try to do for myself is get rid of a lot of the ideas of how the how the acting was portrayed and a lot of the stuff like the content itself, and think more about like the meat and bones. Like, what am I actually getting? And that's why I think I had it above it. So, all right, but it's just funny listening to Joe convince. Because I already knew where I was going, but it's just funny to listen, thinking that maybe I would. Because well, I, no, I kind of. Well, I I was I I needed convincing. I I I'm yeah. I was yeah. So I, where I, would if, you have been? What was what would you have done? I think that, he was on the fence. I was definitely I on, was the, on fence. the fence. Uh, not that it, not that it matters, but I convinced myself that I like this better than Phantom Menace, and I would have ranked it ahead of it when I said Wait, that. You that? did. Yes. No, he's I'm, in love with Obi. Obi- no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm about to give you a specific <laughs> point in this episode when I'm when I'm saying that I did it. I convinced myself just a few minutes ago when I said that this is when I think about Yoda, when I think about Obi Wan, this film is what brought those characters to what oh, yeah. I, to what I know and love about them. When I think of Obi Wan, I think of the character that was born in this movie when i think of yoda my yoda this is the yoda i think of so this is the film that brought those two to to where they live in my head and my heart so that is uh that that is enough for me um again i don't think it's you're you're really splitting hairs here i think they're both good star wars movies with a lot of fun stuff in them a lot of bad stuff in them too we're not we're not stupid we know that there's a lot of bad stuff in the prequel movies especially these two um but yeah, I think I would side with you guys overall. Not that my vote matters, because even if I would have said Phantom Menace at four, uh, you guys would have pushed it through. But for the record, it is unanimous. I agree. I think I put Attack of the Clones uh, ahead of Phantom Menace here. So the new official ranking, uh, number one, we have oh, the Empire... Well, we're not asking. <laughs> What's that? We're, we're not asking if we would vote for uh, a little bit higher there. Oh, are you, oh, you're, <laughs> are you being serious? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know where you guys stand, but I wanted to see if John was going to ask it. I think it's funny that he's not. Oh my, I didn't uh, even think of it. I didn't even comprehend I, that that might no. be a possibility. And, it's and, funny me and John are like, oh, it's so close between the two being... And nine out of ten people would agree. I can find a way to get it above Return of the Jedi. I don't, don't think so. Don't, don't try, please. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to do that. I'm not going to waste my breath. There's a lot of deterrence in Return of the Jedi where I, I can get those on the the same level interesting interesting yep all right but again i like star wars so i win either way it's all yes, good so John, fair enough. Again, listen, listen officially i'm Tim. so confident in your fact that you wouldn't be able to convince someone i will give you my jedi mind trick to try to get it <laughs> no he knows he's not and Joe, you still can't get it 
Joe's a no lot way. of things. He's not stupid. He wouldn't. He wouldn't take that. There's no oh, way. He, oh, he, he left, left the episode. He's... he's so upset. He left the episode. Yeah, yeah. J Mac and J Mac in the chat saying what Return of the Jedi. Josiah has some very strong Star Wars opinions, but he backs it up because he's one of the most knowledgeable about the about the franchise that I've ever yeah. come across. So he knows what he's wait, talking about. Wait, I was in tears. I heard Tim go, I'm so confident. And then it went, what happened? Nothing. You'll never know. Yeah, you never know. Come on. You're going to rewatch the episode. I, I said, uh, I am so confident that you will be unable to convince anyone that it's better than Return of the Jedi, that I would give you my Jedi mind trick. To anyone? Okay. No, right. enough, pe- no, enough people poll, to win the snap. It physically has to go above. Yeah. yeah. You have to do a poll, and someone you'd have to get more so votes. You have to get one mine. person, you said? No, you said you'd, you'd have to win the I poll. Didn't say one. You have to win the poll. All right, so we're, we're backtracked. Got it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I got to specify here, because maybe if you watch the original original one, I wouldn't have to repeat myself and mess it up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe don't Just leave Discord. Listen, we know Discord hates me. All right, so, all right, I've got some homework. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh, John, you go. You're next. Oh, Give sorry. The rankings. Well, no, we're still we're still in the, we're still in the process of ranking these. Uh, uh, Tim, would you put this? Uh, 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 <laughs> I can't even get the sentence out. Ahead of Return uh, of the Jedi, would you, Tim? No, no. Josiah, <laughs> I, I need your official ranking. I need your official vote. Would you say this is better than uh, Return of the Jedi? Would do you want Attack of the Clones at three? I, I'm not using a Jedi have, mind trick. You don't uh, have to. But I, I would put it above Return of the Jedi. Wow. So you would officially yeah. vote that. Would yes. you put it above A New Hope? I would consider it. Prior to Rogue <laughs> One, yes. You would consider it? A, Prior okay. to Rogue One coming out, because Rogue oh, One shit. makes A New Hope better for me, I would, I would put... You could... Listen, you could catch me on the right day, okay? I could, well, I could t- be like, yeah, Today's okay. the right day. Today's the day we rank them, so... Well, you will did. no longer be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, um, he's too determined. It's not going to work. <laughs> I'm too dead, damn straight. Yeah, I, it'd be in the conversation. Wow. Definitely, definitely not above Empire. I just went up for the record. All right, I'm not that insane. All right. Well, I will emphatically say that we don't have to worry about that because it's it's staying at four because I would not yep. vote it ahead of Return of the Jedi. Um, this, what this says to me is he he feels like he might need his Jedi mind trick in the future. No. What it says is I don't think I could convince in a majority to get it above Return of the Jedi. I think I could convince a few people. I don't think a strong argument. I, I, th- I think I, I could convince a few, but not enough. No, I think the poll I, would I be nine, 95 to five. I think that would be the realistic expectation of that poll. And the five people would be Joe making different Twitter accounts. Exactly. So. Josiah Leroy, Josiah D. Leroy, Jojo. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's just all variations. Yeah, all over it. I Josiah Islam. Yeah. I think I've got some homework here. Not I think, Josiah. It'll be one of them. Uh, maybe, maybe at a later date, I will. Uh, I will Jedi mind trick those. We'll just see. The, you know, just Jedi for mind trick the idea that I came up with uh, to yeah, see if perfect, that really good. Um, so okay, so the the official official ranking. Now that we we of course went through with all of the voting, uh, Empire Strikes Back at number one, uh, number two, A New Hope, <laughs> number three, Return of the Jedi, number four, Attack of the Clones, number five, The Phantom Menace. See, the JMX no better than me. He says he's going to make more uh, accounts to count to mine when it comes to Twitter. Come on. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's fair. That's, it's all is balanced. All is balanced. So that's the new official rankings. If you if you have anything to say, Josiah, tweet it at him directly. Don't don't bring us into it. We're not, we're not crazy people like he is. Yeah. True. 
No, definitely not. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's been a, another episode, a wonderful episode, maybe my favorite yet. Um, much like episode two. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> say it. Uh, of Star Wars Reviewed. We had a great time talking about Star Wars. We've got a really big one coming up next. I'm very interested to see where I'm Tim so and John pumped. land on this one. Uh, because it depends who you ask. Some people hold this in such high esteem. Some people, not so much. They look at it like they look at episodes one and two. So stay tuned for Revenge of the Sith coming up when we film that, hopefully next week. John, if people were into video games, what is a show that they may want to check out? Oh, man, we got just the show for you. Uh, so Busy Sticks, that is, our, that is our video game podcast. We've been having lots of fun with it. Um, got to get, get an episode in soon so we can, we can stay up to date here because there's, there's been a couple of news stories that came out today. So we'll, we'll get those in. But we've been digging it just about every week. We put out an episode talking about the things we've been playing, the beers we've been drinking because it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Um, it's been tons of fun. So check that out, youtube.com slash Geekiverse, all of the podcast services around the globe, the sun, wherever you choose to live. Uh, you can find John on social media at Disruptoid. Uh, Tim, if people want to watch or hang out with people who are playing video games, but they want to watch it in a in a uh, in a what? Check out what? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Do it again, Joe. Try again. Yeah, repeat. Again. All right. If uh, if people want to check out uh, video games in a live setting, they want to kind of hang out with people playing video games via live stream. Where could they check that out? They can check that out on the Geekiverse page. That's the Geekiverse, the the tech of the clone. (laughs) Sorry, no one can talk today. It's the new thing. Stone Wars. It's on Twitch.tv/slash The Geekiverse. Play video games. Right now, I'm on an Elden Ring grind, so I play that whenever I can. I may venture uh, some late gameplay. You can kind of see the progression I've made, but that's a tough one because there's so many hours it's tough to, to play on stream and i've been working a lot so a little bit there but you know should slow down a little bit we'll get some more gaming in. i gotta finish sifu so that's my it's gonna be my go-to the next time i stream so you heard it here tim's gotta finish his seafood so that'll be great yeah. guys uh we've got lots coming on the geekiverse here we're gonna get back to the mcu reviewed you might remember it uh, we left off we've got to get to captain marvel but we're doing the same thing we're doing for star wars on the mcu it's an exciting time because dr strange is two months away He's actually a little less than two months away now. So lots of good stuff there. Uh, you can find the Geekiverse on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube.com slash the Geekiverse podcast services around the globe. And as we mentioned on Twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse, we've been having a lot of fun with these live streams. You can find Tim on social media at Tim Tales. You can find me at I am Brosaya. One other person slash entity that we want to mention that's been a wonderful partner of ours. Uh, Tim, you are wearing for the the viewers at home a wonderful hoodie. It's got a buffalo hoodie in the the vein of the Marvel logo. You can't buy that one anymore. Nope. Maybe soon with Doctor Strange, we'll see. But if people want to pick up awesome geeky slash football merchandise, where can they check that out? <laughs> Did I cut out or no? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Twenty six shirts. Yeah. 26shirts.com, you're going to go. Tim's got the, the Buffalo hoodie there. I've got the original Fantastic t-shirt on there. It's the plan to save the galaxy. It's got Luke Skywalker. It's got BB-8. It's got Rocket Raccoon. John's got... We, we think he's got a, a 26-shirt uh, shirt on under that Vermont hoodie. Yeah, of course. Definitely. For sure. That's great. Check out those guys. The great thing about 26 shirts, 
uh, is they every a portion of every shirt actually goes to uh, a charity, a person, an individual in need, and they have raised over one point three million dollars to date in the last eight years to those families, individuals, and charities. It's unbelievable. We're happy to be uh, kind of partnered up with them in sponsors. So 26shirts.com. Last thing that we can plug for us, if you go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse, you've got lots of options there if you want to support us on a monthly basis from a monetary standpoint. But if you can't afford it, no problem. We still would appreciate a shout out. Tell a friend, tell a family member, post it on social media. We'd appreciate you. So for John, for Tim, I'm Josiah. Catch you all soon. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you for Revenge of the Sith. Eus. 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 Eus.